Nobody wants to know what I'm up to. Nobody wants to know what I have going on. Nobody wants to know how I'm surviving COVID. They want to know why I sniffed Dale's pants. Today on the podcast, our friend Deanna Stagliano joins us. You probably know her from her time on The Bachelor, where she had some serious drama go down with Brad Womack, only to become one of America's most beloved bachelorettes ever. We dig into what it's like to go back to real life after being on The Bachelorette and how it even cost her her job. And now she's jumping into her feelings on motherhood, how it's changed when she met her soulmate, and of course, we chat about her current involvement with this season's Bachelorette. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms, all at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom. You guys, I'm so excited not only because we have this just super interesting, fun, funny guest, but also she's one of my closest friends. We have Deanna Stagliano joining us. I can see her beautiful face. (laughs) I'm so flattered by your kind words. Thank you. Oh, you're so so nice to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. Corey texted me. She was like, Hey, you know, I don't know. We're doing this thing where we like highlight a mom. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy, too, is that I was texting with you and had no idea you were about to pop up on The Bachelorette. We had Deanna on last year. If you haven't, or was this year? Guys, it was this year. It was year. this year, too, like a decade ago. 10 what? years long. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we had Deanna and Christine Lakin on. In- Just me. Just Hi, know. Steven. Okay, so this is Deanna's husband. Uh, Steven's hijacking. Me, number one, and then... He, did you see him? He just tried to push me out of the camera. It's, I did. I don't know who likes the attention more, me or him. See the um, Bachelorette, too? No. I married the Bachelorette. I don't need to do that. <laughs> uh, No, Steven's twin brother, Michael, was on a different season than mine. So he was on Jillian Harris's season, which aired just after mine. So that's actually that's how Steve and I met. Yeah. <laughs> the story yes, sort is. of goes that Deanna had seen Michael on the show, thought like, oh, he's he's cute, and then met him in person. And I can vouch because Stephen is just like a totally different person in the exact same body. Are you identical? Yeah, we're identical twins. We're identical. Wait, I can Corey, tell you guys. Okay. Yeah, we're going to picture no right else. now. Yeah. Okay, well, it'd be weird story. if I kept pictures of Michael in my bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, basically the story goes that she was like, um, is there is there like a you but like a different version? And there was. Well, I, I like to say a better version. I think Corey told that specifically. <laughs> You did. Yeah, she's like heard it a time or two, I think. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, we miss okay. you guys. I'm sure uh, our husbands play. What's the name of the game? There's like a Ragnar something or other, and oh, a. That's no, that's a different. <laughs> Corey, Corey's really jumping to the topic here. She's really diving <laughs> in deep. <laughs> said, what is it? Which game? Or, we'll tell them. Well, tell them. No. They want to know now. I mean, look at them. We want to know at, now which game. Yeah. It's it's like Dungeons and Dragons, and then let's. <laughs> Leave it. Oh, got it. Okay, so we only get the Settlers of Catan version of Thai. So I'm oh, very oh, interested in this. And that's a good version of Thai. Well, yeah. really, any version is a good version of Thai. Yes. But yeah, we yeah we play nerdy games too. I don't even know what that is. Here's what it is. Here, you know what? I you you probed me, so now you're gonna get it. It's here's what it is. It's <laughs> Corey. It's corroborative storytelling. You just all tell the same story together. Only each person plays like one character. That sounds fun. I could get down with that. That's very kind of you to to lie to me like that. Are you a character or an author? 
Uh, why do both? It's Most- called a dungeon master. Okay. <laughs> dungeon master. Excuse me. Bedroom. Okay. All right. See, I knew that. Now it's yeah. You crossed the line. It's it's definitely not the Fifty Shades of Grey dungeon master, or maybe no, 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 no. Different. Harry Potter ish. Okay. I've never seen Harry Potter. Neither have I. Let's change that, like, immediately. I am sorry. All I can think of right now is that I think that your husband and my husband might legitimately be best friends that have never met. Probably so. Uh, Say goodbye, Stephen. Okay. Say goodbye, Stephen. We love you, Stephen. (laughs) We love you. We miss you. Building my face. Sorry. (laughs) See you later. Roll a nine or 15, Dungeon Master Man. <laughs> I wish I could remember man. Ty's dungeon name. <laughs> remember Ty's dungeon name? It's not a thing. It's well, not dungeon. Name. <laughs> <laughs> no one said that. What was his character? What was it? I think it was something like Ragnarok or something like that. Corey, was, Corey she's Corey not going to make it. We're shocking, <laughs> shockingly accurate. <laughs> what is happening? That's Corey, <laughs> you're going to pee your pants. You need to be careful. Right. <laughs> I really might pee my pants. So we were going to have you back and then you pop up on The Bachelorette and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because really, I feel like Deanna's one of those people who was in the franchise and then she's just like, keeps popping up. Like, they just have you back. I just keep coming back. It's like the number one question. <laughs> Nobody wants to know what I'm up to. Nobody wants to know what I have going on. Nobody wants to know how I'm surviving COVID. They want to know why I sniffed Dale's pants. I thought, I thought Claire sniffed his pants. You were sniffing his she pants. She did. She and totally then handed them to Deanna to sniff. She passed me for a good whiff. And I like, I'm like this. You only see my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like, what was going through your head? So I didn't just sniff his pants, right? So we, she's talking about some kind of date. Like everybody had to give her a gift or something like that. And for some reason, Dale split his pants at one of the rose ceremonies or something like that. And he said, well, I'm just going to spray it with cologne and give it to Claire so she can have it know what I smell like. And so Claire pants. was like, oh me his pants and I was like wow what size does he wear <laughs> Claire's all well let me go get him they smell so good and I'm like really and she's like yeah he's spray alone on my sleep with him every night and I'm like okay all right I'm bizarre <laughs> I've been cooped up here for about six days sure bring him on so she passed his pants over and of course that's what they go to show I take a big old whip it was <laughs> Like, oh my God, he he smells really good, Claire. And then she she practically had to like pry them out of my hands. Oh my God. Did you buy the cologne for Steven? Someone else asked me that. I couldn't even tell you what my cologne was, but he smelled great. But it looks like- What 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 does your husband smell like? Dale's pants? I mean- (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, Dale's crotch. If you did not know this, Claire has been in Bachelor history for forever now. She was on um, Juan Pablo season. She went home in like final three and she had one of those. I remember before it was cool to slide into someone's DMs, I slid into Claire's as soon as I saw her exit because he said something really nasty to her and I can't remember right now what he said, but he just treated her oh, like a piece of it, like, it was something like, you know, I really love f***ing you, but I just don't know. Or it was something. I don't yeah. know you. And she immediately was like, you know what? Like, I would never Ever, ever marry a guy like you. I would never have children with somebody like you. Anyway, I loved seeing that. I wrote her and I was like, <laughs> you know what? Good for you, girl. Like, I am your biggest cheerleader. I am so glad to see that you stood up for yourself. So that, that's how that friendship started. We just have known each other over the years. And when we see each other at bachelor weddings and bachelor events, like, I just, I just genuinely like her. She's one of those girls that is not a pushover. She's not going to take shit from anybody. She is going to stay true to who she is. And I think she's come a long way to get to that point. So 
and, and Corey, you know me very well. Like, there, you don't, there's no reading in between the lines with me. Like, let's just, I'm pretty much an open book, but I'm also not like, uh, I'm not a pushover. So I totally gravitate towards people like that and I gravitate towards Claire. And I just have nothing, nothing but respect for that. She knows what she wants. She's not willing to sacrifice anything for that. And I, I think that we can all agree at this age, right? I'll be 39 next week. Why would you waste time on anything else? Like, why? Yeah. I feel more secure in who I am today as a 39-year-old wife and mother than I ever did that person who was 26 on a reality television show, you know, 13, 12. My math is not great. But Absolutely. Anyway, what I really think is interesting is the part where you get to like, you did all that bachelor stuff and you were on the bachelor and then you were the bachelorette and there was big drama because of what happened with you and then all of a sudden it wasn't like it is now where you go like transition immediately from bachelor world into like instagram fame yeah you went back to real life and back to going like well i still want to find love I'm going to go back into the normal job force. I still want all the things I wanted then. So I I really am curious about what that transition was like because it was like Insta-fame, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's a really interesting question. And thank you because not a lot of people ask that. And I, I think that is super important to talk about because the transition from the show back to normal life was really, really hard. So there is this piece where you you know, you go on this reality show, 17 million people are watching every Monday night, you know, so people know you, they know your face, they know your story. Most everyone was rooting me on because the way The Bachelor ended, it got down to two girls. I was the one that everyone thought Brad was going to choose. I mean, down to like behind the scenes, they flew my dad out to be there for the proposal. But like, for some reason, the last minute, he decided not to choose anyone for whatever reason. Still to this day, I have no answers for you. I don't know why. That's something that I'll never understand, but feel totally fine with it and completely at peace, right? Because for me, I believe, I am a Christian, I believe in the Lord's plan. And that clearly was not the plan, right? Imagine how much different my life would be had Brad Womack chose me. We dated for six months or so and realized that it's never going to work. And then I did what? Went on to what? You know? And, and the way that it played out, I almost like should be thanking him constantly because I then became the bachelorette and, and I talked to him. He was literally like, I don't want you to do it, but like, you should do it. It's an opportunity you can't turn down. Yeah. Yeah. For months he would be like, come to Austin, come visit me, come, come hang out. I'm like, I, I am so confused, man. You just dumped me on national television. And now you want me to come visit? Like, this is so weird, you know? Yeah, the trust uh, is a little, a little dicey at this point. I know. I'm like, this is a bit of a mind, you know what? And I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over it. So now it is so hard to look back on that time because I'm super grateful for his decision because it obviously led me down this path that I believe that I was supposed to be on, right? And had I not done The Bachelorette, had I not gone through that whole process, chose the turd of a guy that I chose and then broke up four months later, I may never have met Steven, Right? And my path would look very differently. And for me, I believe... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that Stephen is my person. Like, Stephen is my person. I think that I very well... I I think you can love more than once in your life, right? I mean, we've all been in relationships. I think you can love multiple people, but that doesn't always mean it's that deep-rooted, at your core, the person you're meant to die with person, you know, that, 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 like, soul... He's like my... What am I trying to say here? Like my, whatever, you get the gist. I love him a lot. Your soulmate. Like there's a difference between you can love somebody. Yeah. And then someone can be your soulmate. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, 
that I always said this thing, people used to say to me, when you know, you know, right. And I always thought that was a really dumb thing to say, because I had never experienced that before in my life. So I always questioned every person that I was ever with. And that's even including Jesse, the guy that I chose on The Bachelorette. Um, I think for a hot minute, we had kind of a decent relationship. I believe that somewhere deep down in his cold black heart, he did really love me. Once you get past his whole fame hungry bit, you know, and wanting attention and stuff, I think that he, I think that he did find that he really fell for me. The problem is, is that I never truly fell for him. For me, where I struggled during that breakup is like, he acted like he was completely blindsided and was a crybaby on national television. You know, he called in an extra and like, you, the YouTube video is still out there and just like acted so completely shocked. And for me, I also am like, why do you have to air our dirty laundry, dude? Like we broke up. You're a grown man. Get over it. You're going to be just fine. You're going to find somebody and you're going to be happy forever. And and I hear he is now. He's married. He's got kids. And, and I'm glad for that. But like that jaded me so much because he came off as this person who was completely blindsided by our breakup. And he was so devastated and so hurt. He couldn't believe that I went home to visit and came home and moved my things out. That's a bold-faced lie. We argued constantly. We did not have anything in common. At the root of it all, we did not see eye to eye on what we wanted out of marriage and kids. And so for me, those are major red flags. So for that point in my life, when he pretended like he was so blown away by that, that just royally pissed me off. And it really made me like mad about the show. It made me really pissed about being on The Bachelorette because I felt lied to. Um, he was not the person that I thought he was. And and also, like, people break up all the time. People, I, the, I think at the end of it all, he saw me as a dollar sign. He saw me as a dollar sign. Yeah, because you break up. Yeah, he was going to be famous. He was going to make money. We were going to get married and make a million dollars. He legit said to me, well, we could just get divorced if it doesn't work out. And I was like, Ew. I literally packed my and left because I was like, that's what's wrong with the situation. For me, marriage is a one-time thing. I don't look at it like, let's take a paycheck and go home because that money is not worth it to me. I will make my money and I will find happiness. And I have faith in the Lord's plan. And thank God I did. Right. So anyway, once the show was done and I got to that piece where Jesse and I broke up and I was so angry at the show, at the process, at him. Oh, and also, Deanna's like, I hate snowboarding, guys. So this is never going to work. So I actually well, inherited I, all of her snowboarding I, clothes. I despise cold weather. I hate cold weather. I hate the snow. And here I am for three months living in Breckenridge, Colorado, downing a bottle of wine a night because I was like, there's nothing to do here. I'm miserable. I'm miserable. Oh my gosh. You know, I produce and develop reality because I've seen every season of The Bachelor and Bachelorette ever. And it just, this moment hit me who your Jesse was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now look at me. Girl. Look at me, and you're like, "What the?" Fuck? Y'all are totally different people, and I mean that in a very, very positive and way. Jen, like, you only know me through like Corey. Like, you barely know me, and you yeah. can say right now we are two totally different people. So at different. Before. Oh my gosh. And also, he's a flipping liar. He's a liar. Like, I'm. <laughs> so anyway, I've, like, I've been very careful, even over the years, not to say certain things very publicly, but like. The, the pieces of those things that made me so angry, so jaded were the fact that he had a girlfriend the whole time we were filming and didn't tell me he only went on to make money off of his snowboarding sponsors. So that's what I'm saying. Like for him, he was crying because he saw dollar signs going down the drain. It wasn't me at the end of the day. I think he probably liked me. I mean, I'm not bad to look at, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 mean I, I would totally girl crush on you. I, I, yeah, thanks Corey. Thank you. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, he is. Oh my uh, gosh. He is a peach, that one, and a bold faced liar. So. You said you thought he was on it for fame. Um, but we've joked, we've talked about before that, like, it seems now that a lot of people that are on The Bachelorette or The Bachelor are instantly yeah. like Instagram famous. Is it completely yeah. different from when you were on, like, how social media is? Well, totally, Kayla. There wasn't even, like, we had MySpace. Facebook was still for college students. Like, you couldn't make oh, and Friendster. Do you remember now. Friendster? Yes, yes. So when my season of The Bachelorette was done airing, literally that day, I think it was like a May 5th, Twitter launched the day that my season was done airing, like literally that Monday. And I remember Jesse saying to me, he was like, you should start a Twitter account. And I was like, nobody cares what I have to say in 180 characters. And he was like, yeah, 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 you should. Like you can make money off this, blah, blah. I do think people go on the show now and, and social media has really changed what the show is and why you go on it. So like <laughs> as cliche as it is to say, I truly went on the show for the right reasons. Yeah. It sounds dumb. I really wanted to find my Prince Charming. Like I wanted my fairy tale ending and I want him right off in the freaking sunset and live forever in Newton, Georgia. Because <laughs> um, who doesn't? There was no Instagram back then. Facebook was not what it is today. We had Twitter, but you're not selling things on Twitter. So for me, it was very different. People are coming on the show. Even if they leave on night one, they're going to go home and they're going to sell so much teeth whitener that it doesn't matter. Like I went home and I had a real job. I still have a real job. To this day, I have a real job. Like yeah. Instagram is not my business, people. Like that's not yeah, what I do. Oh my gosh. If, if someone wants to pay you because you have a following, absolutely use those opportunities. But I'm also very careful about the products that I endorse. I don't just take a paycheck just because a company reaches out and says they're willing to pay me money to post. I tend to pass on quite a few things unless it's something that I genuinely like, something that I would really use in real life or something that fits you know, the brand of me and my family. Where was that line that you were back in real life? Very much so. But you had to have been this very recognizable person in the world. Was that weird? Did you ever have weird encounters where you're going in as a professional and someone's then treating you as the bachelorette, as this personality they know from TV? So before I went on the show, I was a real estate agent. I sold real estate in my hometown of Noonan, Georgia. Like that's what I did for a living. And I was a bartender because starting a real estate business, right? I had to pay for my office somehow. And I had bartended for like 13 years. So when I left The Bachelorette and after Jesse and I broke up, I owned my own home in Georgia. So like I moved back home. When I got into my office, I had like 4,000 voicemails and one after another, it was, hey, Deanna, I loved you on the show. Hey, Deanna, I don't really want to buy a house, but I don't know how to get in touch with you. Hey, Deanna. Blah, blah, blah. Like every voicemail was someone, they, all they had to do was look for real estate companies in my area. And yeah, that was my inbox. Did you yeah. sell houses because of it? I couldn't. I couldn't sell a house to save my life because people only wanted to hang out with the bachelorette. They did not really want to buy a house. Okay. So yeah, the three bedroom, that's fine. But like, what's Chris Harrison like in real life? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so funny because I can totally yes. see the entrepreneurial side of Kayla popping up in all of this. It's fantastic. I'm thinking what I need to do is start a management consultant company for people going off and I can teach them how to make money and my house you can pick my brain that's the deal you buy my my house for me I'll tell you anything you want to know about the bachelorette yeah it didn't work like that I had like strange men like sending flowers to my office I legit almost placed a restraining order on one guy in particular because he went through the whole spiel called and said hey I'm looking to buy a house in your area um would you be willing to show me around I immediately had red flags so I asked another man in my office to go with me so of course when this guy shows up and I make a copy of his driver's license 
I, he originally thinks it's just going to be me and him going out. And then the guy, he comes into the office and sits down next to him and is like, yo, man, I'm so-and-so. Let's go check out some houses. And he was like, what? This joker let me drive him around all day. And here's where we started to see like major cracks in it because he started off looking at new builds that were brand new in a different price range. And then the last few houses that he wanted to see were like $90,000 that they didn't even fit the same. Like, so yeah. he let me drive him around all day and waste my gas. He let me oh, buy him. Lunch. Creepy. Yes. Anyway, so ultimately, though, you had to quit your job because you'd been I did. This joker sent me an email like two days later. I was in the airport with my dad and I was going to Los Angeles for something. And it was this like lengthy email where he was confessing his undenying love to me. He was like, I think that we are destined to be together. My mom and I watched you on The Bachelorette. I feel it in my heart that we're supposed to be together. Uh, I've been calling your office and leaving voicemails, but you're not returning my calls. And I, in two sentences, wrote back and said, do not ever email me again. I'm pulling out a restraining order. I never wow. heard from him. Never heard from him again. But I could not do my job from that point forward. A, I could not go out and show a house alone in fear of what I was taking out. So then there was the prospect that I would always have to take a second agent with me. And that means I'd have to split the commission, right? Because they would be wasting their day going with me. I'd have to, I'd have to split the commission with them. So I wouldn't be making any money. I'd have to work twice as hard. But I looked out after that. I ended up with some um, hosting gigs and loved, loved being able to do more television in my terms. You know, like hosting was super cool because I could just be myself and yeah. get paid do it and interview people that I want to know things about, you know? So like I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I started doing quite a bit of stuff and that's what initially brought me to Los Angeles. I started um, hosting more stuff out here, red carpet events. I started doing some stuff for extra and E news. And so I eventually just ended up purchasing like a small townhouse out here. I'm sorry, not a townhouse, a, a studio apartment, please. I wasn't wealthy. <laughs> um, I was not going to stay. I kept my house in Atlanta and my plan was always to go back. And then I met Steven. <laughs> so you said like you knew he was your person was it yeah. so crazy going from such a public life to all of a sudden like finding the real thing so the first date that we ever went on Stephen called and he was like hey you know I'm really sorry my car got hit last night I had it parked on the street and somebody sideswiped my car so I'm in a rental car and I was like okay cool cool like I care less what kind of car you drive I have a car of my own I don't really care about things like that and he was like oh okay cool he also was a school teacher at the time on a school teacher's salary he was making like twenty thousand dollars a year so he was trying to find a place in the area to take me to dinner but one that wasn't going to cost a small fortune but also not take me to mcdonald's so he like broke <laughs> his salary in like one meal because he was a teacher also he got off super early so he made our reservation at like five o'clock in the afternoon so we pop up to this place on ventura boulevard we walk in we're the only people there he i guess he called and made a reservation and wanted a really great table apparently it was a band playing that night so the music is super loud he's all like hooting and hollering and cheering the band on because no one's there and i was like what in the actual freak is going on here <laughs> but steven would say he looks at it very differently he looked at it like oh my god i'm I'm dating the bachelorette. Like I no way in hell am I going to be able to pick her up in a helicopter? Like how is she really yeah. going to like me? School teacher. I have no money. I live in an apartment, you know? And for me, I didn't care about those superficial things. Like that was never, ever what I was looking for. I was always looking for what was at the core of a person. What you said about not wanting to get engaged if it wasn't real is so important because I feel like under the pressure of like TV producers and all of that, I do fear that people propose when they wouldn't have in real life because yeah. 
of pressure. But then when you met Stephen, was there any part of you that worried, is he in it because I was a bachelorette? Is it is like, no. did you have to worry about when you started dating again, like people's motives? You are asking this question because people listening would want to know, but like, you know, Stephen, Corey, like yeah. at his core, the person that yeah, he yeah. is. No, there was never a moment. And that, that was I got- obvious to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's not like I had this glamorous job. I was working hosting gig from hosting gig, and I was barely paying my mortgage at home and my, my studio apartment in Los Angeles just to survive. You know, it's not like I was making billions of dollars. So he wouldn't have really gotten anything out of it for me either. And the other piece is Michael was on the show. So he very much saw what Michael went through in Michael's process. So he was never in it for fame. And, and also, like, Stephen could care less. Like all of the things that I do, the things on Instagram, the parties that we go to, he really could care less. He's like, I don't want to go. Like, that could like bite my knuckles in half. I don't want to go and do this. You know, you and Stephen's decision to have kids, and I know you lost your own mom at a young age. You were twelve or thirteen, right? Yeah, I was twelve. And that's very young in a very formative time. So, did that make you have a? like a a certain way you felt about being a mom from a young age? Well, I think what a blessing it was. I mean, from the time that I was born to 12 years old, that I had a really wonderful mother, one that Mm -hmm. loved me and, and poured into me and, and think about how lucky I was for those 12 years to have someone teach me the true meaning of life. I mean, as silly as that sounds, but like how to be a being, how to be a good person, how to, uh, love the Lord and trust in the Lord. But, um, to stay, take faith in my family and, and love my brother and my sister, you know, like um, I truly credit her for those 12 years of really making me who I am. And, and I say this all the time, but like she was the strongest person that I've ever known by far. My mom had cancer for nine years. I watched her die for nine years. Like, can you uh, imagine what that is like? Oh, as Diana. A, you know, oh. and to know that she was dying, mm-hmm. right. And now I have kids of my own. You guys have kids. But to know that she was dying for that long and to know like every few months that these would be the last moments with her babies, right? Like I cannot even imagine something wow. like that. It's in my, yeah. my knowing that eventually pretty soon I, I was going to die and that they would have to go on. I would not be able to see them through high school. I would not be able to see them get married, all of those things. So I, I don't know anybody stronger than her. And I was lucky to have that period of time. But once my mom died, I had a really rough transition to my dad's house. That's where we went to live. My parents were divorced and I had a really terrible stepmother. I mean, she was just really, really awful to us. And I I won't go into that just to protect my dad a bit, but like, are they still married? Can I ask? No, thank God. No, no, no. But she was like verbally abusive. She was physically abusive. It was really to go from somebody who was super, super great. You knew what a great mom was supposed to be like. Yeah. And generous and would, would, feed you before she fed herself to go to someone who hid food in her closet and put her name on things where we were like starving, you know, like it was a time in my life where like, if anything, it made me not want to ever have children. So from that period of time, after my mom died, I thought I don't ever want to bring kids into this world. Like I don't ever want to bring, if this is what the world is like, and this is what parents are like, and this is what you know, relationships are like, I don't ever want to bring kids into something like that ever. So I actually didn't want kids for a really long time. Um, it wasn't until I went on to like the bachelor and the bachelorette, did I start coming to a place where I even really wanted to get married? Um, I was always a relationship person and I dated and, you know, was very loyal in, in relationships with one person, but it wasn't until I went on the bachelor or the bachelorette that I was like, okay, yeah, I I think that I do want to get married. Like, I think that that's what I want. Um, but I don't know where I stand with children. 
And I would really say that it wasn't until I met Stephen that I even really, really wanted to have children. I truly believe like this was the plan for me. And I think my mom had a hand in it, you know, because people yeah. say you make someone like your dad, right? Girls choose people close like their dad. I did not. I, I chose someone that was a lot like my mom, like the, Stephen's compassion, his love, his genuine heart, his, his walk with Christ. I mean, everything that he stands for, like that's to me, that was my mom. So I didn't want kids until I met him. I finally felt safe in a relationship. I finally felt like there was someone who wasn't going to leave me. I wasn't going to be abandoned. I wasn't going to have to fend for myself. Like I was always so strong, so independent. Don't trust anyone. Like only take care of yourself. And Steven is the first person that really allowed me to break down those walls. So yeah, I thought, okay, he's a pretty solid dude. He can, he could raise some children. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I, I could cry. You know, everything changes when you have kids yeah. and then you realize yeah. all the things your parents went through and then to literally like to be so strong for her kids while knowing she was going to miss yeah. out on so much. Yeah. Oh. She wrote a letter to each of us that was in a sealed envelope that we were not allowed to open until the event of her death. Um, and, and when she died, uh, my grandmother opened it and read it to us and I still have it. And every once in a while, if I get to a point where I feel like, I am putting up too many walls or, or I miss her or, you know, tr truly like great loss, you know, grief. Like here's the things that I miss. Like I miss hugging my mother, you know, yeah. sometimes I just miss the simple things like hearing her voice or like, just like feeling her hug me, you know? And so I still have the letter now and every once in a while I pick it up and read it. And even more so recently, I've been thinking, I can't wait to read it to my kids when they're older, yeah. you know, because yeah. they won't know her. They won't know a lot about her, but I would love for them to know, just like the strength and the faith that she had and, and just how she loved hard. You know, I mean, I, I, we all go through this as parents where you're like, oh, like, you know, it's so easy to take time for granted. And, and in a way, it sounds like she was really able to fill your life up with great moments because she knew that they were limited. If any of us knew like, oh, we only have X amount of time. It's like you can you can let so much. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Go. I remember there being a period of time where you were frustrated because you were not getting pregnant. And I remember yeah. the moment you told me you were because you were in New York and yeah. you were holding okay, Radley. You in your apartment in New York. Mm -hmm. That's right. And he was brand new. You were really early on and you guys weren't sharing yet, but you had just recently found out. But I, I think no matter how big or small the struggle when you're trying to get pregnant, it can feel like the most ongoing thing. Or isn't it so funny how we have these bodies and we, we preach our, our body, it's my body, I'll do what I want, right? Or the body image that you want to portray. But the one thing that can can turn against you in this whole process is your own body, right? Because you want to get pregnant. And I, I don't know why I thought, oh, I'll just stop taking birth control. We'll have sex and I'm going to get pregnant. Like, that's just not the way that it works, you know? And, I, and at that point, like, I wanted it so bad. Stephen and I have been married for two years. And I also... Right after we got married, I turned 30. So I was like 32 when we got pregnant. And, you know, people make you feel old, man. Oh, like, they do. But not old. And they <laughs> I, old. I mean, oh, look at me right now. I mean. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just not like that. But I think given, again, that would be my youth, right? I think that I found so much um, just power in who I am in my own voice now as, an, as, as a 39-year-old woman. But, um, 
yeah, it took us a long time to get pregnant. I think like nine months and to the point where I finally like gave up and we kind of went on like a bender. Like we were like having happy hour every single day. Our apartment in Sherman Oaks was a block from, you remember it, right, Corey? It was a block from uh, Ventura Boulevard. So we would just like walk. As soon as Stephen would get home from work, we'd like walk to the spitting chicken and have a happy hour. Then we'd walk down to like another place. Like we were like, it was like 11 days. And I finally like came home and I was like, I had been out with my girlfriends the night before. And then Stephen and I went and had like margaritas and tequila on a Friday night. And I was like, the next day I woke up and I was like, wow, I have not had my period in like 12 days. That is so strange, but it wasn't uncommon because I had been on birth control forever and it, it was totally normal to be irregular. But the one thing that I'll never forget is like, I woke up and my boobs hurt so bad. Like I couldn't even put the sheets on them. They hurt so bad, you know, like that's, that's how I like, knew right? A pregnant woman would only understand that kind of pain. And it's different from like getting your period and your boobs are sore. Like I remember like barely yeah. putting my bra on and wanting to cry. So I happened to have like one, um, uh, pregnancy test and I took it and I kind of like waited. And then as soon as it said I was pregnant, I like ran out of the room and like hid in my closet. And he was like, what in the world? And I was like, <laughs> you were hiding from the test. Yes. I was like, Oh my God, it's, it says that I'm pregnant. And he was like, no way. And I was like, I need to take a clearly because we'd gone through nine months of like wanting it so bad. And you know what that feeling is like wanting to be pregnant. And then your period comes and just feeling like so betrayed by your own body. Like, Oh yeah. Why isn't this working? What's wrong with me? You know, like all of those same things. And so when it finally happened, I almost felt like it wasn't real. Like it was a joke, you know, like maybe my, maybe my test expired and the writing was wrong. So <laughs> I made Stephen run out and get like five more pregnancy tests. Cause I just didn't believe it. But then that's it was really so funny. I, not to cut you off. I, I had the same kind of experience. I remember telling my mom, I got a positive pregnancy test. Thinking it was like an accident, right? Like yeah. as though that was really, really a thing. And I, it, it was interesting for me because that identity shift was almost immediate. How was yeah. it for you? Like going from this sort of like just the two of you to this now you're like, oh, I am mom. I'm like, how was that? Like the moment and beyond like how was your shift you know how when you're like pregnant and you just not even knowingly help hold your tummy almost in like a protective way like you don't even realize that you're doing it instantly becoming protective over the person that i was creating and carrying in my body without even knowing that i was doing so my husband and i were together for um 11 years before we got pregnant and we spent years trying and we're pregnant several times loxley was our fifth pregnancy Oh my God. Um, I was just having this conversation with my mom where it's like so weird. I can't just like pack my bags and go to Scotland for two weeks. It's yeah. like I, and, and I was worried that I was, I don't know, just going to forget her somewhere or just do all these crazy things. And it's so funny how much your brain shifts and your, yeah. and your body shifts. And it's not just, it's not just the Kayla world anymore. And it's so natural how, I don't know, we as women jump into that role and it's just beautiful. The one thing that happens when you have kids, right? You all know this, all selfishness goes out the window. Like literally everything you do in your being is for another human being, you know? And there's nothing else in the world that can, can pre prepare you for that because like from the second you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, you are someone else's beck and call. And I'm saying that in the most wonderful way possible the most loving way but like that's it's okay it's we true. understand that's a love-hate relationship with that i don't have yeah. an hour to myself i lasted 40 minutes yeah. i feel like you and steven though you so, so you guys have two kids now addison and austin and i feel like I, at least 
from what I know of you guys, I feel like you guys are pretty good at staying connected. You're really intentional about date nights. And I'm pretty sure you even like took a trip just the two of you recently. So was that something you kind of had to to grow into realizing you needed? Or you've met Stephen's mom and dad, but like they're a really great example of what a very healthy marriage looks like. I'm not saying they're perfect by any means and they definitely have their own storms. But that they're they amazing. Like they will be the first ones tearing up the dance floor. And I'm like, I really want to be like that in my marriage. Yes, they're really fun. So for Frank and Lynn, they, they said it was super important to have time for just yourselves and your marriage. So um, we have always tried from the very beginning to have one date night a week. We try to always do a trip, just the two of us once a year. If we can do 24 hours once a month, we try, but that's really unrealistic at the stage of life that we're in. And more so through the years, like Addison is six and a half. We have had some very, very highs and we've had some really, really lows in our marriage. So we have weathered some really bad storms. Um, And so for us in particular, in the last couple of years, it became such a part of our life where we like focused on the kids constantly. Like it was all about Austin. It was all about Addison. Like that's where all of my energy went. And then a couple of years ago in marriage counseling, we're proud to say that we love it. We just came to the point where we're just like, we're not feeding into each other enough all that is defining me at that point in time in my life was the fact that I was a mother. That was defining yeah. me. I loved all of who I was, my creativity, the things that I enjoyed to do because I was just so focused on being a great mom and like building Addison and Austin up that like I would describe it like Addison and Austin got 99% of me. Steven got a half a percent and I got whatever was left over. And that's really unhealthy. So for the last uh, probably two two plus years in particular, we got back to that track where we have a date night every single week. It may switch, you know, depending on our schedules and stuff, but we do that like by the book. We get a babysitter or the kids go to my mother and father-in-law's and we take the time to have dinner together or spend time together, have face-to-face talk, time, sex, whatever that looks like. But that is important to us to be able to stay happy and healthy in our marriage. Because here's the thing, guys, our kids are one day going to leave and we still have to like each other. It's so true. I heard the best quote was like, after your goal as a mom is to make your kids leave home in 18 years and not your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> that's, actually that's really super good. true. And yeah. it's, sometimes it can feel like a lot of it takes a lot of energy to plan a date night or figure out a sitter. But it's so important. I've gotten really good at it. When we have a babysitter come over, I don't even cook dinner. I'm like, I don't care what you eat. You can eat bread. Like, I don't yeah. care. We're going out for dinner and I will be back in a couple hours. Like, like there's Uncrustables in the freezer. Bye. Yeah. Good yeah. Night. I'm like, peace. Do you know how to work the oven? If not, order a pizza and I'll pay you. Don't care. <laughs> As moms, we become uber protective of our kids and feed into them and everything comes about them, right? It is really easy to fall in that habit constantly that it is all about the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. It's and you so can even hard. end up martyring yourself. Like, I don't need that. And then you can become resentful and it can become a vicious yeah. cycle, I think, if you're yeah. not yeah. Uh, For sure. really aware of it. Yep. Have you guys let your kids see The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or any version of it? And if not, what's your baseline for how you're going to deal with that? Austin could care less. He has no clue what's going on. I'm just mom to him. And that's fine with me. Like, I love it so much. He's never leaving anyway. Like, he's going to stay here. I'd still nurse him if he wanted. Like, I'm your mom. <laughs> don't, don't ever even think about bringing a girl in this house. I get that. Uh, Addison is at this very impressionable stage. Like she's almost seven. Her personality is a lot like me. She's very stubborn, which, uh, and she is very opinionated. She is extremely (laughs) outgoing and she's very funny. And she's the first one to stand up and perform in front of everyone. 
what's the saying? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So um, I, I want to be very careful with what she sees and what she knows, because I don't want her to think that she finds value in any of those things. And, and I, I mean, I think Addison is very beautiful, but even Stephen and I are like, we should find other ways to say it because I don't want her to find value in her physical appearance and her beauty. But when Brad Womack's season was re-airing this summer, she totally saw me watching it. And because of COVID, a lot of the filming and stuff that I did, I had to do here at the house. She started to get really curious. She was like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Are you on TV? And then other kids started seeing, like other kids' moms, you know, started seeing me, I guess, like on TV or on certain things. And they would, their kids would come to school and say, oh, my mommy said she saw your mommy on TV. You know, and Addison would come home and she'd be like, they legit said this to me the other day, Corey. We walked in from school and Addison and Austin both came in. They said, are you famous? And I was like, you rather no. ask Ty that about me this yeah, week? Yes, really? Yeah, so like, where are they getting it this? Must just be like that age-appropriate thing. I don't know what they tend to think that I do for a living. Like they know that I am a flight attendant. They know that I go away for work, but they also know that I do other things that they can't quite figure out. And so they said that to me this week. They both came in and they were like, "Are you famous?" And I was like, no, sweetheart, I am not famous, not remotely whatsoever. And they were like, well, why do people know you from TV? Are you on TV? Like, and I wasn't like, famous, actually. I <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of hard to explain because I was like, well, mommy was on this show a long time ago. And that's where people know me from because they saw me on the show. And she was like, well, you're now you're my mom. So why do they still know you? And I was like, well, it's so hard to explain. <laughs> this summer, she said we were taking a walk and she was like, so what did you do before daddy? And I was like, well, I went to school. I was a bartender. I sold real estate. I traveled a lot. And she was like, oh, wow. Like nonchalantly turns her head. And she's like, hmm, I just thought you were a bachelorette. So when Brad Womack's season was re-airing this summer, I obviously was watching some stuff at home because I had to talk about it and comment for them, you know, and, um, she leaned over at one point, I was watching on my iPad with my headphones in and she leaned over at one point and ripped my headphones out and said, why are you kissing that man? That is not daddy. And I was like, okay, God, how do I explain this to my six and a half year old right now that I am kissing a strange man that is not her daddy. So I don't think she quite gets it, but she knows that I was on television, but I'm not there yet to let her watch it. You know? Yeah. Well, and we know she never needs to go on The Bachelorette because she's betrothed to Radley. So uh, clearly <laughs> we have her future all figured out. It's There's all planned out. Here. Yeah, she is. It's not all planned out. Yeah. Okay, well, full circle here. Speaking of Claire, I, I know that you and Steven, like once you met, I feel like you guys knew pretty quickly that that you were going to be together, right? Yeah. And I was like that with Ty, where we were really on warp speed. I mean, I knew very quickly that I oh, loved I him. I remember the night you brought him over to meet all of us, and it was your birthday, and he ordered Giordano's pizza. Chicago, yeah. The deep dish, he had it shipped in frozen, and we cooked it at my apartment for Corey for her birthday, and Stephen was like, if she doesn't yeah. marry him, I am. <laughs> he still does that for her birthdays. I know. Aww. like an every year thing. Yep. Uh, we actually actually have some in the freezer right now. So I get moving really quickly, but it's also so crazy to watch Claire's season where, yeah. I mean, what, didn't she, first of all, when she, when he stepped out and she was like, I think I just met my husband. Yeah. And then she was like, did I say that out loud? Like, what did I just say? Like she blacked out. Yeah. And then literally, wasn't it two weeks or 
three weeks or something before she just shut the whole thing down. And so on the one hand, I'm like, you know what? That's so cool of her because I do get that she knows what she wants and she's so focused on him. And that's really what she wants is to like grab onto that and run with it and not be faking it with all these other guys. But at the same time, it seems like in that world and from what I know of what you've told me, Deanna, like you really don't get to spend a lot of time with each other. So two weeks isn't even two weeks like it is in the real real world. dating two weeks, like not real dating two weeks. Yeah. Right. I, um, I, you know what, when I sat down with Claire, I, even when we were filming it, I've asked her since, because I think it's the number one question that everybody wants to know. I'm like, did you talk to him before filming started? And she swears by it. And so does he, we yeah. had dinner with them uh, not too long ago and they both swear they did not talk before filming. Did you smell him when you had dinner with him? <laughs> no, no. And to Steven's benefit, cause Steven was there. Was He's really like a there. dog sniffing a crotch. Yeah, I, let, I let Steven sit across from him and they had a whole man bromance thing going on, which is totally fine. But, um, what I saw was not, not that moment where she says, I think I just met my husband. The moment that I saw is when he gets out of the limo and he smiles and you almost see it in her face where she's like, come here. You know, like, I don't, does she me, know that that's me. how she, yeah. She literally was like, hi, hello. You know, like you even just see this. It's almost like she's slapped in the face by his good looks and the, and the, so the way that she described it to me, because I, I went into the process of that filming saying that I was going to just talk to her and just say like to keep an open mind. Because for me, uh, when I was filming the bachelorette, I was initially attracted to one guy in particular and I only wanted to talk to him. I only wanted to go out on dates with him. I only wanted to be around him. I couldn't wait to get to the fantasy suites with just him, you know? So it was really playing a part in the fact that I didn't give anybody else a chance. And so, that actually is something that I think is a, an interesting piece of information for anyone who doesn't like get this whole dating. So many people, cause you said something to me, Early on when we first started, because I never saw your season, but one of the first things we started doing when we started hanging out is watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette together. I can't yeah. even tell you how many hundreds of episodes we've watched together. Uh, I remember asking you, you know, how do you even like, how do you even begin to choose who you're letting go at first? And Deanna kind of described it like if you were to like go to a party with friends or go to a bar one night, you wouldn't be like, oh, here's every guy and let me see how many yeah. I like. You know who the last couple or who the only couple in there you would maybe even first find physically attractive. And next, like after you talk to someone for 30 seconds, you usually know whether or not you want to continue talking to them. So I think you told me that you knew who your final four were going to be from like night one. Yeah, I did. I did. And that's exactly how I describe it, Corey. Just the same way I told you, I say the same thing to everybody. It's like walking into a bar, seeing a group of men, and you might pick out three or four that you think are cute that you would want to talk to. You're not going to talk to all of them. You don't want to give all of them the time of day, but there are three or four. And then you find like one that you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is it. Like, this is cool. I'll take him home. You know, whatever that looks like for you. But, um, yeah, so I I feel like that's the same situation. So for me, that's how I felt. So also with talking to the producers and stuff, they were like, you know, just just you know, talk to her, tell her to keep an open mind, share what you went through, and blah blah. But I quickly realized that um, pretty early on that she was in love with Dale just from our conversations, and she really was trying really hard. She's like, I I'm trying to get to know the other guys. Like, I, there are some really great guys here. I've, I've enjoyed some of my conversations. I've enjoyed getting to know them. There's a couple of guys that I feel an attraction to, but then when it came to Dale, the way that she talked about Dale and the way that she described Dale. I was like, okay, 
And I couldn't say right. anything. She's too far gone. <laughs> I knew how I felt about Steven. So I just could not fight Claire on it. I was like, when I, when I left that situation, I hugged her and I was like, you are kind of into it. I don't know how you're going to go on with the rest of the season. And she was like, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to like keep an open mind. And I was like, you love him. And she was like, I do. And I was like, oh, wow. man. Oh, and I, so really I hope it lasts. Like, I really want that. Oh, I do too. I do too. They're very cute together. They seem very happy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, and, and this is like to see her happy. I think she's come a long way to get something that she wants. And so I, I do, I generally am like pulling for, for them and, and hoping that, that they can build something really substantial out of this. I really do. You know, 0.001% usually make it. <laughs> well, speaking of the ones that make it, Give us a skinny. What do you know about that huge bling on her finger? I mean, that's maybe a record for the franchise. I did not. I did not get to see it when we filmed that day because they did not film the, his proposal until like a day or two later after I left Palm Springs. But we snuck out and had dinner with them a few weeks ago when they were still in hiding um, at one of their happy couple places. And she wasn't wearing it. She wasn't, they're obviously not supposed to wear it, you know, but uh, she asked if she could have it that weekend. She's like, I just want to wear my ring with my fiance, you know? And so at, about two hours into our dinner, I was like, I, you know me, I was like, I, you can trust me. Are you engaged? Are you happy? And she was like, I know I can trust you. Can I show you something? And I was like, yeah. And she goes and gets it. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, Hey, they were super excited. Even at that moment, he put it back on her finger. She was so excited to wear it, but Holy smokes. Isn't it beautiful? Oh I, you know well, that's what? Jen was like, it's bigger. Thing, yeah, because she blew up the season, I have a feeling Neil Lane wasn't totally ready with the bobble that he was <laughs> going to give the guy. So <laughs> Probably, they this is off. the only one I have on hand, so you can have this one. It's a shame it's four and a half carats, but like. Over. Oh my gosh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Her ring is beautiful. Well, wait, do beautiful. you have a Neil Lane ring? No, actually one of my best friends, um, no, Stephen paid for my ring. <laughs> Um, no, one of my best friends, her family owns a jewelry company in uh, Massachusetts. And so uh, when Stephen went to propose, he picked out a ring with her. She was helpful and picked out a ring. And, and she's gorgeous. Thank you. I like it a whole lot, except I've gained so much weight during COVID that I can't fit my other band on my finger. And I'm like, Stephen. <laughs> Somebody tell I me to stop eating. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can either like lose a couple step pounds from or refrigerator you... girl, step away from add the diamonds. Just make it bigger. Add yeah, diamonds. I just need a couple no extras. Uh, so, okay, from your perspective, because I feel like you know this franchise so well. So I'm like, this seems weird because. And first of all, I love Tasha. I think she is. Yeah, I I really yeah. like her. So I'm kind of ex- she. She's I'm just dead. Happy to you see the guys were like black bachelorette. You know, I'm happy. Me to too. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm kind of rooting for her and Easy because I love Easy. I, I think he's too, so adorable. Corey. Oh, I yeah. tell my mom. He's I so have like, charming. a crush on him. I mean, I really very like the guy that looks like Dan Bilzerian, and no one else likes him. And I know that speaks volumes, but I like the, the guy that looks like the lion. The the video I said. Yeah, that one. <laughs> well, here was the thing, though. Here's what I found kind of oh, weird. Yeah. Obviously, in the first episode, they did this whole buildup to like the guys had quarantined beforehand, and then they had to quarantine when they got there, and they had to take multiple negative COVID tests. But then yeah. Tasha was saying, "Well, I wouldn't have even been able to say like a week ago that I would be here, and then new guys are showing up." So I was like, "That's kind of suspicious." Like, did they have guys like already quarantined? But you know, Corey, you know that's not what happened. They just are feeding those lines for her to say. There's no way she just popped in on a Saturday morning no and was like, I'm way. here. She I had got my dresses. <laughs> they had one test. They had one she test and maybe a panel of STD tests and 
brought them. They were very, very strict. They were one of the first shows to go back into production. So even before I went to go and film, they sent someone here to my house to test me before I could even drive out to Palm Springs. And, And they were very clear with me. They were like, we're being really, really, really strict because we are one of the only shows that ABC is paying to put out right now. So we're being really, really strict. If someone were to get it here, even in that closed location on that resort, they said, A, it would spread like wildfire and we'd have to shut down production for however long and spend, you know, cost that much money. So they were very strict. I mean, I went out there for five days, but I took a COVID test before I ever left. So they had to know I was negative before I ever left. And then when I got there, I quarantined in my hotel room for five days. I had to have a total of three uh, negative COVID tests before I could even see anyone, another producer, the makeup people, anyone. Wow. So they probably just started really early sort of collecting guys. Once they saw what was going on with Claire, they probably were like, you guys are going to be on standby. Right. Jen, you know, production very well. There's no way that the producers were like, Oh, well it's Saturday morning. We'll have a couple of guys fly in tomorrow on Sunday. There's no way they had to have been knowing those things ahead. Time and already writing those guys who are story producers worth their salt were looking at that going, This is going to end one of three ways, and we need to be prepared for all three of them. And it did seem like you know, you very rarely see Chris Harrison be anything other than just like so sweet. He did seem a little frustrated with her at points. So I wonder if there was a moment where they're like, this is going sideways, you guys. No one had probably said to her, you're like, you can't go on like this until he sat down with her and was literally like, you can't go on like this. And I love how in this sort of after the final rose segment from this past week, how she was like, I wanted to respect the process, which I appreciate because she did respect the process. But then he's like, well, you kind of blew it up. But it's true. It's like she respected (laughs) the process she blew it up because she respected it you know people are saying all the time like what what, you know if she knew she knew uh if she knew she loved dale that early on like why didn't she just step back she was super unfair to the other guys people forget that like this is a television show and we signed uh, signed an ironclad contract like she can't just wake up one morning and be like hey guys I know you've spent all this money to get me here, but like, I'm kind of done and I'm just going to go. That's not the way the process works. I just like one boy. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. She can't just wake up on Tuesday and be like, I don't want to finish the show. Good luck. Bye. No, that doesn't, it's not the way it works. Like had they not chosen to recognize what was happening and, and see that like they could not build a whole season with her faking liking the other guys and then ultimately get down to Dale. That would have been super boring. And us as viewers, we would not have enjoyed watching that. But good for them to recognize that ahead of time and realize that we cannot build a season on this. Like she is already undeniably in love with this one guy. How do we go on? They had to stop. Claire was not going to be able stop it she was not going to be able to just be like i don't want to film anymore bye not gonna yeah and clearly in editing i think a lot of times if it's leaning heavily one way or the other they still don't necessarily let you know that and they were letting us know that so it was they had no other way to edit it from the producers that i talked to that day and then after talking to claire even for me seeing it like firsthand it was written all over her face like there was she described the other guys and we talked about a lot of other guys, but when she talked about Dale, you saw it like she loved him and there's no denying that. And I'm sure they saw it. The producers themselves saw it the exact same way. Like when she was with him, it was totally different than when she was with any other guy and the whole set of the show. And you yeah. can't think then talking about him to all the other guys. It's like, it kind yeah. of, it's like the icing on the cake. Okay. So I have a guilty, um, guilty confession watching this season. Um, cause I honestly don't think I've watched since, um, Jake Pavelka and I hated that season so much. I was like, I'm gonna you picked a really terrible season to watch more than Matt Grant. 
No, oh, like yeah. I think it was like Vienna. Is it Vienna? Pizza, Vienna? I don't know. Her name oh, Vienna. 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 Yeah, like a Vienna sausage. Isn't I think that's her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so I was watching this season, and I will say, Bennett's a little weird, but I was like, he makes me feel fancy. Like, like Bennett. Jake Pavelka made you feel no, fancy. No, no, Bennett. No. This season. Watch this. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Kayla, we're going to have to work on your fanciness, girl. No, I said Bennett. Hey, Pamelka made you feel fancy. We have something. Something's wrong here. No. Bennett, no. I'm with you. Bennett. I'm with you. Bennett I don't know is, why. I like him. I like yeah. him. I like Bennett. I like how, like, much chivalry he has. Like, he's just, I don't know. I, I, like I actually like quite a few of the guys. Good news for you, girl. You're going to see a lot more of Bennett. We're going to see him. I was going to say, we're gonna he's in my final paradise. two for this season. Yeah, we're going to probably see him on another girl season. I don't think Bennett's going anywhere. He's so, I like his scarf. I Oh, God, he made me think of Mad Men. Did I you watch, never like, back in the Andrew Firestone seasons? No, Jen, so what I was going to say was, I'd never oh. seen the show before I was on it. I, I never oh. I had no clue when I showed up and I was on the bachelor and I remember I was on the two on one day and one of the girls were like, Oh my God, the two on one day, one goes and one comes home. And I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? I'm not into keeping the weird thing. <laughs> I mean, I had no clue what it was. No idea. <laughs> oh, I love that. I kind of think, I feel like people are going to have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just plan to like have Deanna on periodically. Like Let's do a rapid fire. Yes. I think we should do that. It'll be so much fun. Maybe we can do it before the end of this season. Well, oh, that's a good It's a live yeah. Instagram with Deanna on it. I like where your head's at, yes. I like that. I'm um, Bennett now. <laughs> I'm in. She's all, she's all hot and bothered by Bennett over there. I am. Uh, it's so, like okay. we're trying to get pregnant again. So now I'm all like, every time I see a cute guy, I'm just, it's I'm like, all the you know? Bennett, Bennett. You're like, Jonathan, I want to have a baby. I have to think of Bennett. Like, Can Jonathan, you just do some role playing here for me, Jonathan? Can you shave your face and wear a scarf tonight? <laughs> <laughs> to get him like the outfit. Oh my God, the <laughs> robe. That's awesome. <laughs> There's a reason you are like one of America's sweethearts because you're just such a charming, awesome person. <laughs> Let's talk about where we can find you because you guys, Deanna, on on socials, she is so hilarious and so real. <laughs> and you just really should go follow her at Deanna Stag. Oh, look um, here. Blog. Hey, what the hell, Deanna? So now Stephen's hey, man yeah. talks to another dude. Since you would not make me a what radio now? host, I have to live vicariously ah. through your wife. She is willing to to have me on her show. There you I go. Would totally be willing to. I yeah, I would <laughs> have you anytime. Did you tell them? Did you tell Jen and Kayla that I was trying to woo you to Nashville at uh, one point? No, but I did tell Jen and Kayla because Stephen made a bit of big appearance and oh, he yeah. told the girls about your D and D days. I'm sorry. Uh, is it called? <laughs> is it Raggle Rock? Did I Raggle Rock? We know about Raggle Rock. I that's mean, I know that right Ragnar, Ragnar, but I'm not sure Ragnar. Ragnar was like Ragnar. That's it. Rock. All your birthday cards are going to say, "Dear Raggle Rock," <laughs> and Adrian wants in on it. Oh, nice. See, Adrian's uh, going to love here's it. Here's what I have to say: Adrian and Stephen and Ty in a room. I cannot. I'm not sure how that. It's would like go. three. You know that it would end in a fort, a blanket fort. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to. A do really good one, though. Yeah. A really good one. I'm sorry, That's I didn't mean fun. to interrupt. I just wanted to say hi to all three of you, and then <laughs> um, please pass that along to all of your significant others. I well. will. I will. Okay. Cool. Bye, guys. <laughs> Ragnar. Is that what it was? Ragnar. Ragnar. Oh, it's adorable. Ragnar. Ragnar.
I'm just gonna, I'm gonna call him Raggle Rock. Raggle Rock forever. His dungeon name. That's what it's called. I'm sorry, it's his dungeon name. Hey Raggle Rock. We, we might need another podcast where we just get on and play like drunk virtual games, the four of us. And yeah. Raggle Rock could be our umbrella. Raggle Rock. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Okay, so go follow Diana at Diana Stag. We're gonna have her back. So let us know what you want. To put in our rapid, rapid, rapid fire, rapid fire <laughs> question episode because I really think we should do that. And I think, I think all we- things are fair to ask, right? Well, I don't know. I did a podcast today, and this guy asked me what my sex life was like, and I'm like, "Come on, man!" Okay, I mean, all things are fair that you would ask Kayla. Kayla was like, oh my gosh, we have to do an episode about sex, all about sex after babies. And we were like, great idea. And then she was like, except I'm not going to be on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. Thank you, ladies, for having me. This was so fun. It was so nice. You got it. I love you, ladies. Thank you for having me. We love you, girl. Bye, baby. Good to talk to you. Next week, we're going to be taking some time off to spend some time with our families, but we will be resharing some of our last season's favorite episodes. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Please be that. (laughs) Mommy brain. Be sure to follow us on our socials on Instagram at Hi, My Name is Mom Official and on Facebook at Hi, My Name is Mom. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Your name is Mom.